This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. My name is Matt Williams. I run an accountancy business in Oxford and I'm joined as ever by the marvellous Alan Clark, who runs a coaching business. Um, um, we, we were just talking, Alan, weren't we, about the, uh, about the World Cup. And, and we're right in the middle of it. Um, it's distracting lots of people in a positive way. Um, England are doing better than most people expect him, which is positive. Um, and we're going to talk today about teamwork, aren't we? Because we had a conversation on Monday where we were talking about about the reasons for England's success, weren't we? And the fact that it feels like they're a, a team, a proper team, not a group of individuals, but a proper team all working to the same end. And in business, I've always found like managing a high performing team is a real trick. Like if you can do that, you, you can, you can do anything really. Um, but building one and managing one is really difficult. And I think that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. Right? I think so, for sure. I, I have been watching the World Cup and, and it really struck me really clearly, actually, just what you've said. So looking at the different teams, the, the different formations, the different quality development levels of the players, the, the way that they move within the game, the, the, the strength on some teams' benches that can come on. Um, and, and, and pretty much you can see a direct correlation between the quality of the team and how they play and how they're led uh, and the results. And, and I, th- I think that's been clear as day. And it doesn't necessarily matter with the, the history, the big names, the quality or the organization or the, or, or the clarity or the leadership isn't there. Then the, these teams are sort of disappearing. And the ones that are left at the moment are, are, are really well organized, well led and significant um, people development levels. They are really good players. There's quite a lot of them and they're focused. So I, I've been fascinated uh, looking at this World Cup through the lens of people development and or- organizational performance, it's it's interesting because there are some teams that some teams that are greater than the sum of their parts. There are some teams that have got, like you said, England have got a really good squad, and they've got a lot of players that are kind of they're not hundred percent world class, but they are ninety percent, and they've got a big group of ninety percent players. And then there are some teams that have got some really high, like world-class superstar players and then very little else around them. And then there are some teams like Morocco, for example, who went through in the week, didn't they? That have got a lot of kind of 75% players, I guess. They're, they're obviously very good footballers because they're internationals, but they're not household names. They're, they're kind of bit part players at kind of big-ish clubs. But the, the way Morocco as a team fought on Wednesday night against um, the Spanish was phenomenal. And they kind of gave everything in a, you know, no, nobody came off the pitch having not given 100%. And that's, 
that's kind of the, the key of a team, isn't it? Is one of the first fissures in a team, one of the things that can break it is if there's this perception that someone is better or treated better or performing better than everybody else or that not everyone is putting in the same level of effort. And I think that applies to business as much as it applies to, to professional sport, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's so many analogies we could go for, uh, and, and we'll, we'll do our very best to go for them. But, yeah, that, that individual versus a team, you know, you, you've seen that really boldly done with Portugal and, and Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, a phenomenal football player in his own right. But there is something about the dynamics with him in it that, you know, made that they are manager not play him for a good chunk and and what came through was an explosion of everything and the Portuguese won six one I think it was but the performance levels were incredible they played a different way they played much faster they looked a lot more cohesive without Ronaldo I think Ronaldo's phenomenal I really really do but with him out there in a different team dynamic there and really great players in there too what a different portuguese performance so that you know it was a team performance uh, wasn't it uh, it spread around and was much better as a whole even though the sum of the parts was less right now the the, the lad that came in place of ronaldo is obviously a talent yeah. right what i thought was really interesting um i was talking to my wife about this um the manager that was a massive call for that portuguese mm-hmm. manager drop Ronaldo to the bench, right? One of the most recognisable, probably the most recognisable footballer in the mm-hmm. world. Still, he's old, but he's performing at a phenomenal mm-hmm. level still. He made the really hard decision to leave him out, right? So he's done that and it's paid off massively because mm-hmm. the guy that he brought in to replace him scored a hat-trick. But then he wanted to, he, he took the guy off that scored the hat-trick and replaced him with Ronaldo. But he did it at the same time as he made two other subs. And he could have, it felt to me like he could have done that better. If he'd have brought the guy off on his own and not replaced him with Ronaldo, he gets the guy, that guy gets his own applause from the crowd, gets recognised for the hat-trick that he scores. And then bring Ronaldo on, you know, two minutes later and then Ronaldo have his big applause and be the big I am like he's not used to afterwards. But he he moved them two together. And it was like he did the hard bit, the, the hard bit of management at the start and then dropped the ball near the end where he could have got an, another payoff for his decision. Did, yeah, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point yeah. you're raising. A really great point you're raising. Mm-hmm. Well, I try to make some, you see. But but that that in business, I think you can do that. You can make a difficult decision as an employer or as a manager and just because you, you kind of your credit only lasts as long as you're making those good decisions. So so you can, I don't know, have a, a team, team member come to you and say that we need to change this because this is going to it's going to be difficult. But we need to do this, or manage this person in this way or do this thing to make life better. And you can make that hard decision as the manager or the entrepreneur. But the goodwill you've banked only lasts until you have to make another decision. And if you then balls that one up, your staff aren't going to remember that you did that thing that was difficult because you've just bottled this new thing that's difficult or you've just mismanaged this other person or you've not been consistent. What, what I, I know totally, I think, and, and that is brilliant we're getting 
clearly this isn't a football podcast so you know we are completely talking about business here but what what i i again i'd really admired in that portuguese manager what because that was a big decision to make dropping cristiano ronaldo but he's he's looked at the lens of performance he's made this decision based on what do i genuinely think will create a more optimal performance and i think that clarity makes these decisions easier in business if we base more and more our decisions on on performance and 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 get given the people that are available um get, who's going to do what and in what order and you're always always looking for a more optimal performance and i think there's a huge lesson in there for entrepreneurs and and leaders when dealing with people that are very talented but have huge egos in there as well or that they they, they are what's called um what's the word um challenging characters or there's a lot about them most people may be intimidated they back off but 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 this guy's looked at this through the lens of performance and going no i'm going for these 11 people to play this way and i think we'll get the best result and that's exactly what happened well, that's, that's massive, right? This whole, I remember back in the days when I worked in bigger businesses, there were some people that got away with murder yeah. because they were really, ta- right, in our world, should I, say, I should say this, it's fine. In our world, tax people, <laughs> tax specialists are a very specific breed of person. There's accountants now that listen to this podcast are all nodding away, right? Every big firm has a team of tax advisors that are all genuinely lovely people, but they are, they're often of a very similar kind of character and they're prone to, to blowing up, right? They, they like things neat and tidy. They like the order. That's why they're tax advisors. And you throw something out of them out of the blue and, and it's like literally the guy that used to run the tax department at the, at the firm I used to work at, um, bless him, he's a top guy. On the first day I started that job, and I was being walked around the room, by the, well, around the office by one of the partners, the first thing he said to me is, I'm not going to bother introducing myself because I'm quitting, I ate it here, I'm leaving tomorrow. And he worked with me then for 10 years <laughs> there, right? But that was the whole position. Someone had come in and said something to him, and it had blown him up. Anyway, my point is that, that these guys, they deliver, for the accountancy firms they're at, they deliver profit, right? It's really profitable service to offer this high level tax advice but it comes with this downside that these guys are not great at managing people they want to work in their own little silo on their own little things on their own terms you can't you couldn't put a, a kind of firm wide diktat down to say this is how we're doing this because they do it their way and that's how they do it and you know that's similar and there's lots of businesses where there are these these groups of people that are high performing in one area right they perform commercially they're really high performing but as part of a team i argue are you better off having three steady eddies than one of these mavericks like what can we and that was always our focus at this other firm was to try and put the cogs around these mavericks for want of a better word that um that can do the same work but in the way that mimics the rest of the firm because these guys are otherwise out on a limb but it was 
it was a real challenge to manage these, the way they spoke to other oh, yeah. people in the business you would not have it from anybody else but they've got this kind of like cristiano ronaldo persona mm. that, that you leave them be and that's just how they are and i remember having a meeting saying well I, I get that's how it is but i'm also completely constantly amazed that this is how it is like it's only it is how it is because we've let it yeah. become yeah. that and now we're too far gone and you know when we built our firm we were really conscious that we don't have those personalities in it and we work fundamentally as a team because i've seen how it is with those but that must be in every business right that you have these type of people like your top salesman is likely to be on that kind of world as well right oh it's, it's a massive point and you're right it's in every, most organizations I, i've seen it along I, I mean in loads loads of examples loads of examples but i think that as you go back to the the lesson here to learn is that if you're truly looking through the lens of performance and results and 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 putting your business out to create them that makes these these conversations easier if you've been really truthful about the contribution of, of various people towards that desired performance and result it makes these conversations easier but but it takes a and lot of courage a- matt definitely takes courage for sure but that was a point I didn't get to that I started off making, I just realized I didn't make, is we look at performance often as the results of the actions that we do, right? So these mavericks, they go out and they bill a load of time yeah. and make a load of profit and their performance is therefore classed as stellar. Where actually, should we be putting more emphasis on the team performance and therefore, and it's harder to quantify and I get that, but how well someone performs within the team is almost more important than the results of their individual actions because it's short-termism otherwise, right? That was that was the point I stumbled over, but I think is valid. Yeah, really valid, really valid. I um, one I, and so I think there's real lesson in that. That, that I want I want to I want to put a, 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 maybe a simpler example out there, something else that I saw and it struck me is that there are teams in this World Cup that have been very well organized. They are pressing in a certain way and they look really strong and effectively win. And and there's other teams that really don't look as if they know what they're doing. And it's stark, actually, when you actually see an example of that and, and playing each other, you, you it, it absolutely the one that's organized and clear and playing cohesively are winning these games and some huge numbers, some huge numbers. And let's let's be honest, that to play in the World Cup, you you are a good player for sure. And um, but but when you are part of a team that's very clear on how it's playing and and playing that way, that the chances of winning far outstrip. The, the team of individuals that are many ways winging it or poorly organized and they're just getting batted down. It, it's, in, it's incredible. That has struck me so much. I, I'm going to switch sports now because to give you a better or, or a different example of that, because anyone who knows me knows I'm a big American football fan, right? Love the NFL. And it's one of those sports. If you don't, if you don't understand it and lots of people don't, because it's, it's relatively complicated. Mm. It looks really 
it's, it's just an odd looking sport, but you have every play is in isolation, right? So it's not a flowing game like football. It's stop start, right? It stops. It has like five seconds of intense action and then it stops for a minute and then it goes again. And these guys, they spend hours, something like something like 60 hours a week, these guys spend on iPads learning the individual plays. So every single Every single player on that job has one very specific job, whether it's throwing the ball, catching the ball, blocking a defender to stop them tackling. On every play, and there's you know they may run 70, 80 plays each game. Each player has a very specific role to do. And never in, a, in any other sport is it shown up. If one person doesn't do their job to 100%, that play will fail. And you can be the best you know, the best receiver in the world whose job is to run and catch. But if you if you have a play that's not a designed throw to you and you still don't go and block your defender in front of you or run to make it look like you're going to catch it, the whole play will fail. Mm. And the more I've watched that sport, and certainly when you watch it live, you can see, you can see the teams, a team of 70% people that do everything right will always beat the team of superstars if they've got because it only needs one of the 11 to drop it and the whole thing for, and and it's amazing how it makes them look like a bunch of idiots like they've never uh-huh. met each other before uh-huh. because you know what you get is you're going to run five yards forwards then take a 45 degree turn and run to the corner flag and i'll throw it to you and if if the and the guy who's throwing the ball isn't even looking at the receiver because if he looks at him the defenders know that's where he's throwing so he'll be looking somewhere else and then suddenly throwing it to where he's expecting the guy to be. If the guy runs, you know, 10 yards forwards and then does his turn, or only turns 30 degrees instead of 45, he's in a complete... It looks like the quarterback hasn't got a clue and he's just thrown it to nobody. But it's because of everyone's got their own specific role, and as long as they all perform it, it works. And that's oh. that's the gist, the, the point I'm but, trying to but, kind of... Try, no, you're right? making it massively, and it's huge. I've had two conversations this week one in a group um scenario where i was uh, facilitating a, a, an executive team and the other one was an individual but both in that space of getting really clear do we truly truly understand what our contribution needs to look like or what a role but, but that role yes but contribution as well um and in both cases they were instead of running 45 yards and turning right they were turning left and you know the ball's dropping over there and you know these were people that were passionate they, they wanted to do well but they were doing tasks they well. that's right they've achieved yeah, yeah. what they wanted yeah, yeah. to but not what that's right to so they yeah. were brilliant at doing task a b and c but what was really needed was task e f g and if, and 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 just getting that clarity or certainty back, they, they were feeling much better, and they just knew they were going to go out and and sort out the performance. But they were they were doing doing making the wrong moves. Maybe that sounds a bit more NFL. They were making the wrong moves and 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 easily fixed. But the impact it has on performance is massive. Hundred percent. We and I think we should talk about confidence mm. because that's the. If you're confident, and again, this goes back to sport. If you're confident in the, the the person you're passing the ball to, you know, even if they've got a defender on them, if you're comfortable that you know you're passing to Ronaldo, so it doesn't matter if he's got a defender draped all over him, he'll be able to take the ball and do something with it. 
So if you're confident in your team, the performance levels are instantly higher because your the delegation is better, the ability or the thinking of not wanting to, to let anyone down, you don't want to be the weakest link in the team, right? We had that on our team call today, in fact, um, where we were looking at this big list of December deadline. December's a rubbish month for us. Everyone thinks January is the rubbish month for accountants, but it's December because it's a short month, right? With lots of other businesses have this, right? You have this arbitrary Christmas deadline. Everything has to be done a week earlier than it normally would. And we're looking at this list and I'm thinking, God, there's a lot of work to be done here. Um, do we need to do, do we need to get some more resourcing? What do we need to do? And one of my team said, that's all right, we'll do it. We always get it done. We've never not got it done. We'll get it done. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And I sat there thinking, is this amazing? Is, is this brilliant? Because my team are just smashing it. And that is a genuine, could well be that. Are we massively overconfident and just setting ourselves up to fail? Or I guess the third option is, is this chap deluded? Which I don't think he is. I think he was just, he's got that confidence in the team because they know that they pull together. And in those times when we're busy, they, they do what good teams do. And they don't let, the, there, there is, what's the word? There is fast as the slowest person. Oh, yeah. That yeah, makes sense. yeah. They all work yeah. away at the same point. No man left behind, all kind of in it together. And it's, it's as a manager, it's great. I would, myself, with my accountant head on, would like to have it all written down on a clear plan. Whereas they're quite comfortable with this gut feeling that, yeah, we're going to be fine. But if we didn't have a team that was confident in each other, we wouldn't have got that result this morning. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. So there's a, there's a leadership development model, a leadership model called situational leadership, which matches the style of the leader to the development needs of the team. And the theory is that if I'm a D1, it goes D1 to D4, right, development, and S1 to S4 for style. And I match, if I'm the leader, I match my style to the development need, and that gets your people. And the idea is you get a team full of D4s, and then you've got Brazil, for example, to bring it back to football. But the two, the, the, the development is made up of two words. And one of them's confidence, and the other one is competence. So you're working on the confidence and the competence of your team at any one time or the individual. And the higher the, the competence and the higher the confidence, the, ultimately the better the development level and thus performance of the individual. So you're spot on. So and what scares me most in this world, and maybe this is just because my job is in professional services, a really confident idiot scares me. So someone with zero com- competence, but 100% confidence, scare- that, there's nothing scarier to me as a manager in a professional services business. So how do I, how, what, how do I change my style to deal with that person? That, that is, um, genuinely, if you come across that individual, that, that's just, again, back to com- our first conversation. That can be intimidating for, for people to have that conversation, but but you do it. You, you you need to sit down and go, right, okay, I, I get you're confident here, but actually I'm not sure you know what you're doing. But if you would do that in an HR sense. Looking at me, like, that's me. They think that's no, me. Oh, that's, that's not you. That's not you. 
Um, but my my friend up in Glasgow used to have a phrase for that, and, and he would say somebody's name, and then he would say, "Sounds convincing." Talks, and you know, always always made me laugh, and and it's spot on. These people are mildly dangerous, and and definitely in a business sense for sure. Yeah, yeah, confidence is massive because without it, without it, I don't think you can perform within a team because you you. You need that bit of confidence to, to stay to someone, to talk to them as a, as peer to peer, to say, look, do you want me to take that off you? I can, I've got a bit of spare time. I can help with that. Or could you help me? Like having the confidence to ask someone for help is massive. So many people struggle in silence when they just, just need to let someone know that we're, you know, it's normal to get overwhelmed and buried every so often, isn't it? In, in work. Cause that's how that's just it's cyclical and it, you know, you don't know what your customers are going to do and what they're going to drop on you. Having the confidence that your team aren't going to think less of you for saying, could you give me a hand with this? I'm really struggling here. But that is, that's a, it's much easier said than done. Oh, again, for, for sure. I'm so glad. I'd love this podcast to go on and on and on, you know, I mean, confidence is, is enormous in performance, in football and in business. And how do you get confidence? And there's a podcast in itself. But if you can grow confidence in yourself, and if you're a leader, if you can grow confidence in others, that, that's an enormous contribution you're making to, to your company. If you really can help people to grow their confidence on the back of increasing competence, but growing that confidence so that you can throw them a ball and, and they take it and that's absolutely fine. When people are underconfident, oh, it's, a, it's, it's a hard place. You know, no, nobody's taking ownership. People are ducking. The blame game starts. Sickness levels go up. Job satisfaction goes down. Performance goes down. Results go down. So you don't want a culture of under underconfident people you know and yeah you and leadership style play a huge part of that if you're a micromanager all the time with everyone and nobody's getting growth the confidence level plummet might not be immediately but they go they absolutely go down um so yeah. you know it's um but it's huge a bit so getting such great things we're getting into in this this podcast as well now I'm looking at 20, it's 27 minutes, Matt. There's, an, there's another thing that I just want to mention. Again, well, I'll see it on the... Confident enough. To I am it, confident. Adam. I'm going to call it out. But th this is something we've touched on before. And on the football pitch, and I've seen it in the World Cup. And, and actually, I've seen it in, in, in the Welsh team. Gareth Bale didn't look fit. You know, so he didn't look as if he had full match fitness about him. And again, this fitness, these fitness levels are so important to top-level sport. But again, in the workplace, equally so. You know, I know I am a better performer when I'm exercising regularly. I'm, I'm eating well. I'm running. That flows through my my professional performance. It's definitely better. My personal self is running. If I'm fitter, if I'm feeling sluggish, and haven't been out, then there's, I don't know if it's underconfidence, but certainly somewhere there's an impact on performance negative. So I think I just wanted to throw that in as well. Well, that danger of burnout is uh -huh. huge, isn't it? Yeah. Like, 
Um, and that is also, that is a real risk with high performing teams is that if you're struggling, comes back to confidence, comes back to the teamwork mentality. But if you've got a team that's working really well and one person has got something going on outside of work, so their performance level is dipping or their ability to perform is dipping, their fitness is, is dropping for want of a, mm -hmm. a football mm -hmm. analogy. You're, again, often better off putting your hand up and saying, look, hold up, guys, I'm not 100% here. So, you know, my performance levels are going to drop or I need to be subbed out or whatever. If you try and play through it, you end up risk of burning out, getting injured, you know, however it might work. You can do yourself lasting damage from not being comfortable enough in, within the team or feeling there's an opportunity to 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 let the team carry you for a bit. The, the funny thing is, in that situation, well, I've seen it over the years four or five times where someone's just had a like a blow up because they've they've gone work harder than they should have and they've gone past all the safety barriers that the body puts in. If you ask any of the team at that point while that's happening, would you have taken that job off of them to prevent them getting to where they are now? Those high performing teams wouldn't think twice about it, would they? They just pick. Of course, we would. We pick it up, bring it up. As soon as they're back, they're back, right? But let them go and have. But when you're in it, you don't want to be that. Typically, the trait of people in those sort of teams is that they don't want to let anybody else down, and so they they put themselves and their personal well-being second to the team's performance. And sometimes it works, and sometimes, like with Gareth Bale, um, it doesn't. I mean, I've got another, an NFL example because we're talking a bit of NFL. So the quarterback of the team that I support broke his shoulder in like the third game of last year, but it wasn't the shoulder that he throws the ball with. It's his other one. And so he played on. He should have, absolutely should have, gone and got surgery on it, taken the season off and come back this season. But he didn't. He played through it and he played, frankly, quite rubbish. And he ended up being booted out of the team and now he's bouncing around clubs and he can't find anyone because the last it's a really short-term mm. sport NFL but the last the footage of him the last 10 games of footage of him are him being shocking and people don't look past that to oh he's injured you know his career's gone because he was trying to do his best for the team and someone at the team should have said hold on we're going to shut you down here because you're not white they because they're again they're win first mentality very American <laughs> They let him, they hung him out to dry, his performance dropped and they replaced him just like that. Now, and that's the, that is what I think people think will happen in the workplace. If you end mm. up not performing because of whatever, you're scared to say it, but it, it leads you to that end of that negative end result quicker than actually putting your hand up and saying, hold on, I need a bit of support and a bit of help here. That's spot on. That's, that's a, again, a fantastic, um story there and and you know everyone can take ownership for their own well-being their own health and it's not easy and i get that but you know you're right in that example i keep working on until my performance dips isn't helping you certainly not helping your career it's not helping your organization or your team so get us work on your own fitness and if you're not fit then talk to somebody get some recovery time and then come back at your best that's it you're better off doing five out of six weeks at 100 percent than you know 
six weeks at 110% and then three weeks at naught, right? But for, I guess for the manager, building an environment where it's fine to do that is the key, yeah. isn't it? And it all comes down from the top. If your culture is that we don't care about the person and we just want the work and we're only focused on the output, you end up with a team that aren't going to, are going to be in it for themselves and not going to feel comfortable kind of asking for help. Totally. There's one last thing I want to say about team, and it's not really in this World Cup because if I'm on, if I'm one of these 11 players, I'm in that team. But in a lot of organizations, people are in multiple teams and that can be quite deceptive. So top tip is get clear on what teams you're actually on and the roles you have. And if you can prioritize them helps where you put your energy and your contribution. Uh, it makes a huge difference, can be quite deceptive. And I agree. And the difficulty there is that no two teams are the same. So if, you, if you're working in a, big, a bigger business, you, you are, each team has its own priorities, its own culture, its own style. Mm -hmm. And you have to be a bit of a chameleon, mm -hmm. don't you, to kind of walk that line mm -hmm. between... But I think that's that's the same in any line of business. I have to. Actually, we should, we should do a podcast on this. I think it's quite interesting. I was before, so I've had two meetings this afternoon before this podcast. Mm -hmm. One with a really successful trades business, mm -hmm. some plumbers, mm -hmm. and the way I talk to them is very much on their level. Mm -hmm. I sound like a plumber, mm -hmm. so my wife tells me regularly. Um, and then I went straight from that to a big due diligence call with some American lawyers mm. about a business of ours that's selling and I had to be ultra professional straight as, you know, they don't, they don't, don't, don't like smiling American lawyers as far as I can see. Um, <laughs> but, but if you saw, I was like almost two different humans yeah. because that's what my role encompasses, And that's similar to moving across mm -hmm. teams and also managing individuals within mm -hmm. a team. Need to, it's like you said, situational yeah. leadership, yeah. right? You have to tailor your personality and yourself to the to the situation yeah. that you're yeah. in and the, and the culture yeah. of the people that you're talking to. I yeah, guess. and you want to build maximum levels of trust there. So you're going to get that by being one of them, you know, or talking their language quite literally. And that's how, again, you've had two completely different vocabularies to 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 engage in in the space of two hours this afternoon yeah and then i come and do, and then i actually get to be myself on, on the, the podcast, podcast right? fantastic Excellent. well look we've we've smashed through our time limit here i think i was i was really good though i think that was a really useful kind of half an hour right and and, Dean, and there's more to unpack on teamwork i'm sure but for now we're going to have to wrap it up. Have you got any final points you want to make, Alan, or things we want to sum up? Uh, no, no. Just, just if you are going to watch the World Leicester World Cup, enjoy it, and now look at it extra, extra, um, intentionally look at it through the lens of people development and performance, and and you'll see it as as clear as day. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, on that note, I'm going to go so that I can um, get ready for the World Cup. <laughs> Happy days. Um, How's Scotland doing? Huh? I, I, do you know what? I was actually going to say to you, uh, all the very best on Saturday, and I hope England win. And now I'm not so sure. Matt Williams, no, I'm only kidding. Um, Sorry, that was a Scotland, long time. Scotland Sorry. very sadly stumbled at the last hurdle. 
and then beat the same team a month later, 3-1. But by then time, it was too late. So they're not there, but I will be supporting England on Saturdays. Top man. Top man. Love to hear. Right, okay. Well, look, any, um, if you like what you hear, as ever, give us a shout out on social media. We had someone this week send us a message saying, I've run out of podcasts to listen to. Can you produce some more quickly, please? So um, we are doing our best. We're doing our best, aren't we, we Alan? We Bates? are. Uh, we're, we're back into maximum levels of production. Yes, that's what we are. Teamwork <laughs> is now soaring. Right, so we will be wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, there'll be more Podcast Gold next week. But for now, that's all for me and that's all for my friend, Goodbye. Alan. Goodbye. This is the Mind Your Business podcast.